Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. G Day wrapped up. We got a lot to talk about, a lot of position battles. The quarterbacks look great. The receivers look great. Did the offense take a step in the right direction? We're going to talk about this here on Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Network. Roll that intro. All right. Happy Wednesday, everybody. It's the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Network, presented by betonline.ag and the Row One brand. And joining me is my not boring partner, Israel Troop. What's up, man? What's up, man? You know, coming fresh off of my great spring. I'm trying to stay awake here because it has been a long, long day. If you know anything about South Georgia heat, it is coming and it's coming fast. So, um, you know, I'm just, just glad to be here. Finally got to watch the spring game. Um, it, I really couldn't watch the game because my dumbass forgot to record it. So I kind of watched the highlights of it. But I did record it Friday coming up. So I'll actually get to watch it in its entirety. Um, but it was a really good game, man. Uh, really, I'm glad, you know, Coach Smart got him off the field because uh, the field did look kind of torn up a little bit. So, uh-huh. um, you know, it's one of those things, like Jake said, you know, um, it's not – Spring game is not for the fans. I mean, well, it re- I mean, spring game is for the fans. But as a coach, you just want to get out of there injury-free. Injury-free. Exactly. And, and, I, and I think we, we accomplished that. So, yeah, lot, lots, of, lots of things going on. But before we really dive deep, you, you, you could just go on the ESPN app and watch it and search it if you have the ESPN app. That That's what very, I did. very true. Because I, I didn't record it either. So, I yeah. I totally I forgot. Completely forgot. It's all I good. was butt hurt when I, when I looked on my um library <laughs> thing and I was like, You've got to be kidding me. I forgot yeah. to name record it. Uh, yeah, it happens. It happens. But what what also happens is you can go to betonline.ag. We are presented by betonline.ag. They continue to be your number one sports for all of your online gambling needs. If it's a sport or an event, they have it. NBA playoffs, the Hawks just lost a huge one tonight. Uh, with against the Celtics, so you can bet on all that. The NHL playoffs are heating up as well, so lots of action in those two sports. MLB, not sure how to bet on it. Going to figure it out, but uh, you can do that as well. So what you need to do, you need to head to the mobile, you need to head to the website, or you can hop on your mobile device, jump on the app, and uh, and sign up using the promo code Believe B L E A V to get your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. So. Bet online. It's where the game starts. Let's so wait, uh, the- maybe. I think so. Maybe I misspoke I there. Hopefully, there hopefully I didn't. Hopefully I didn't. Yeah, I think there I is. Think there is because I've been trying to look for one, and I think it's the same. I really like an app. So bet online if you don't have an app. Yeah, or confirm that this is the one that's on. App. Yeah, bet online if you don't have an app. Um, now would be a great time. To, yeah, they do have one. They do have an app. 
I thought it was. I was scared because I wasn't scared. Right. It's the same. It looks like it's the same interface. Sweet. That just made my life a whole lot easier. Yeah, they they do have an app. So, yeah, so we solved that great mystery. Even if they didn't, that would be our PSA for you to get a map. So, (laughs) but G Day, uh, G Day Mm. has come, it has passed. The spring session is over. And one of the things we were looking for out of this entire spring campaign was we wanted, we wanted, and we were hopeful to get, and we got it more clarity on the quarterback position. Now, when you watch the game in the, in its entirety, I think you'll see this kind of unfold. Um, but mm-hmm. to me, Carson Beck has got it is the clear number one at this moment. That is, that mm-hmm. mean that doesn't mean it won't it won't or can't change, but at this moment, it's Carson Beck number one, and and here's why: he looked very There's poised. No There's no doubt he looked poised no in the doubt. pocket. He made all his throws on time. Looked like he knew mm-hmm. where he wanted to go before he went there, and it just looked like everything was clicking around him. Vandegrift looked great at times but also looked antsy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is mm-hmm. very obvious that his strength is throwing on the run. And then Gunnar Stockton mm-hmm. is just limited by youth. He's he's good running the ball. He's good on quick game, but anything that requires him to drop back and, and, and go through progression reads, he's just not there yet. He's just not comfortable yes. yet. Keyword yet. But he's a mm-hmm. damn good com- he's a damn good competitor, which is why I think he should be number two. I think I think he's got something on Brock that Brock doesn't quite have as much as Gunner does, and that's running ability. They're both pretty good in quick yes. game. They're both decent on the run, and, and Brock's probably a little better on the run, but you know, moving the pocket. But in the run game, Gunner is the best quarterback we have. And if we want to feature quarterback runs, maybe there's a package for Gunner Stockton. I don't know. I don't know how this is going to play out. But to me. Watching this game in its entirety, I, I think that's where I saw the biggest discrepancy. I think that's where I saw that's how I saw the pecking order. Gunner, I thought, did a lot more with his that, that one throw he made to uh to Muse was mm-hmm. incredible. It was like a it was kind of like a short post, tall slant, kind of in between choice route, maybe. Well, I, I'm not sure what it was. Well, same route that he threw to him. Um, yeah. It, it, was, it was a nice story. Really nice story. Mm-hmm. And Muse made something happen with him. He put it right on the money. Like, I don't think he could have handed it to him better. <laughs> nah, nah, you can't deliver the ball any better. I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, watching watching Carson, and like I said, I watched all the major highlights. I'm talking about it's literally every single play of the game. Um, I just hadn't watched it in continuation. Um, right. Carson Beck mm-hmm. took took you know, control the offense, in my opinion. I think he won it, hands down. I think that's one thing that we were waiting for was for him to, you know, then take training wheels off of him, get put him in a game situation, um, and j- just let him play football. And I think, uh, you know, that coaching staff um, offensively did a great job of doing that. Um, put him in some some unpredictable situations at times as well. Um, and like you said, he was poised. And that's thing, I think that's one thing that we wanted to see from Carson Beck. Can he be poised? Um, can he make the throw under the rest? Um, can he manage this offense as far as making sure everybody knows what to do? Not a game manager, 
but manage the offense and make sure everybody knows what to do, um, getting everybody lined up, um, things like that. So there's no doubt that Carson Beck is the number one. Um, at number okay. two right now is Brock at this particular moment just because he's ahead in the offense. Because if you got to think, even with the new offensive coordinator, the offense has not changed. There's just a few moving pieces. If you watch few it, wrinkles. it's just it's, a few wrinkles. It's a legit same defense. I mean, same offense. And like you said, it's a, different, it's a few different wrinkles. So, you know, for me, Brock's is a, he's that much ahead of Gunner. But the one thing that's going to beat Brock, if I was Gunner, is the fact that Gunner's going to compete. He, he ain't going no damn where. So, yeah, Gunner's going to put some pressure on him. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, oh, yeah. Lord forbid anything happen to Carson um, at any point in the game. It's going to be a toss up to who goes in. You know, if Gunner can keep progressing um, the way that he's doing, you know, that number two battle is going to be really, really heated uh, coming down the stretch here, especially when you get into fall. Yeah, no doubt. And, and they're going to have some games early on against, uh, was it UT Martin and Ball State? I know, I know it's Ball State, but I forget who the first one is. Um, there's going to be some opportunities there for them to play out the number two battle. Like maybe, especially against like UT Martin, like Carson Beck, they treat it like an NFL preseason game. Like they get up, you know, first quarter, they get up 49, nothing or whatever. And then, you know, they purposely run it up in the first quarter just so they can get to their two quarterbacks and, and really give them some string and really let them play out series where they're not just turning around and handing the ball off and trying to get out of Dodge. It's going to be very, very competitive. And and I, I think that's the only way to write it up. But to me, yes. yeah, Brock is a little bit more ahead in, in what he can do with the offense. I, you know, I, I think if you were to, I think if you were to start game one right now, Brock, Brock would be your number two. Although I really, I really think Gunner has a higher ceiling. Just watching him, just watching him operate. He's just not quite there yet. But you can mm-hmm. see it. There's moments where you're just like, there it is. And then there's moments like, mm-hmm. where did it go? <laughs> that, that, leaves you, that leaves you scratching your head, you know? Uh, that touchdown he scored was a beautiful read on, on, on a zone read. Uh, pulled mm-hmm. it and, and, and got right in, you know, raced the guy to the edge, beat the guy to the edge. I mean, that's, that takes some talent there. It can start defense, even if it was the number two. Or number three guys, uh, but still, I mean, our number twos and threes are probably better than most of the ACC defense defenses out there. So Absolutely. we're we're in really good shape with the quarterback position. I, I don't think anybody played poorly. I mean, they all made mistakes. No. They all made some bad throws, like you know, Brock through Brock through a really bad interception, uh, almost through two of them. Uh, I think Gunner had some that Gunner had a couple that probably should have been picked off that weren't. Carson had a couple mm-hmm. where I think he just got bold and and threw it and maybe it should have gotten picked off. I, you know, th- there there's certainly some some plays in there where you're like, ooh, ooh. but then again, well, it is well, it, it is a G day game and they're probably just being overly aggressive. I I don't know that that's how they would play on a Saturday that counts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're going to take risks. I mean, that, that's one thing. All right, that's what coaches want to see during spring. Okay, are you scared? You know, and can you take a risk? Can you take a calculated risk at that? You know, sometimes the ball will flutter on you. I mean, you know, you're going to make a bad read here or there. At the end of the day, are you going to play scared? Because guess what? You're, you're in SEC because it is scary every single game that you play. Mm-hmm. So if you go out there, you're scared. 
man, you're, you're really doing us so good. So you know, it's good to see them, you know, not have it scripted, you know, kind of ready to beat the defense um, and, and whatever they're doing um, so they can't scheme me up. So, I mean, I'm glad to see, you know, Carson come out and, and outright win it. I mean, I, don't, I think there's no doubt. I think he left no doubt of who the starter is. Um, that backup spot, you know, for me personally, is still up for grabs. Um, you know, but if I had to go play tomorrow, it'd be Carson, Brock, and then Gunner. If he, yeah. if he played tomorrow, you yeah. know, so hell, that, that might change. You know, it's a long time before September. So, mm-hmm. you never know. Between now and then, a lot can happen between now and then. Um, however, it, it, Carson, it's Carson's job. He's he's rightfully so. Number one, uh, the backup the backup role is going to be interesting. So. Let's move on. Uh, one of the chief concerns, not from you and me, um, but from a lot of Dog Nation, was the for you know the I guess the perceived drop off in in offense from Todd Munkin to Mike Bobo. Well, one thing is obvious: Mike Bobo obviously took a lot of notes. Um, while he was there with Todd Munkin. I mean, it looked just the same. I, I mean, I know you probably saw some of the Mike Bobo nuances having having played in his system uh, that you could probably tell. But I, I really, like me, I really couldn't tell. I guess we had more screens than Munkin likes to run. I, I guess that was the biggest difference. But um, love the bunch formation. Um, Mike Bobo oh, yeah. loves the bunch Absolutely. formation. Um, and I, I, I think... I was t- I was texting a, a friend of mine. Uh, they were at, or and, and anyone that's asked me, I said they asked me, "Hey, is it, have you noticed any drop off? How's the you know the Mike Bobo thing?" And I said, "Look, man, there's no drop off whatsoever. This offense is just this offense is going to be just as productive because the pieces didn't change, the language didn't change, some fresh ideas were introduced, obviously, but nothing nothing really changed." You still have 19. Yeah, everything stayed within the playbook that was already established. You know, if you go back, and, you know, I hate, like I said, every time I talk about it, you know, I hate going back to that school in Tuscaloosa. But if you go back to when Lane Kiffin came to Alabama, all right, you know, they've gone through coordinators like everybody goes through underwear if you bathe every day. And it gets to the point to where you start to realize that Alabama's offense has stayed the exact same since Lane Kiffin got there. And who's there with Lane Kiffin? A guy by the name of Kirby Smart. So he also took that moniker and said, hey, when I get an offensive coordinator, that is good. I like what he does. We're going to take the blueprint that he's already established. All right. So when a new OC comes in, hey, this is what I want you to run. This is what no, this is what you're going to run. Now you can mix it, mingle, and add, you know, your flavor to it, but the base offense is this. Okay. You're not gonna change it or anything like that, but you can manipulate it however you want to. And that's kind of what we've done. You know, Munkin came in, we've won two national championships with Stetson Bennett, mind you, since everybody wants to, you know, be like, oh, Stetson, no, we won with Stetson Bennett with Todd Munkin offense. You know, so do you think for one second that they were going to come in and reinvent the wheel? Absolutely not. Mm-mm. No, you know? not, a, not at all. Because nobody even said it. It's like the same, it's just the same terminology because guess what? Those kids who are in the program know that terminology. Yeah. You know, so it's not like 
know, new schools like say Clemson, for instance, coming in and um, what's his name? Riley's coming in and pretty much changing the whole thing. You know what I mean? So it's not that situation. It's pretty, these kids have been through here. It's this whole they need time. they needed that that they needed that. So, so sometimes you need a a complete cleansing, but in this instance, coming off yes. two national championships, you need none of that because your your coordinator didn't get fired. He got promoted. And he got promoted. He, yeah, he, he left got promoted. Back yeah, you which know, so we knew all along. Absolutely phenomenal. Me and me sitting in the meeting. You know, and, you know, terminology different for me, but it makes sense to me. It's kind of the same stuff that we run, you know, at the yeah. high school level. So, you know, to come in and do a full-blown change made absolutely no sense. So, the fact that Bobo drew cards. Let's think about this now, shall we? Mike Bobo was, has been a head coach. He's been a coordinator at two schools prior, and he was at Georgia before that, right? This man uh-huh. was drawing cards for the scout team, okay? Drawing cards. You know, he's in every single meeting. So, of course, he picked up on some things, you know. So, do you think that at any point when Kirby was trying to replace Muck and that he was just going to go get some job off the street, like, hey, man, here you go. Here's the office coordinator job. Do whatever you want to to it. Absolutely not. Give somebody you trust. And who do you yeah. trust more than a guy who took a step down to draw cards and learn the offense? Yeah, exactly. And another guy that learned the offense and did the same thing is doing the same exact thing at Georgia Tech. I watched their spring game, and that looks like they're going to be trouble. They're going to score a lot of points. They're not going to stop anybody over there at Georgia Tech, but they're going to score some points, that's for sure. But Buster's got it rolling down there. But, it, again, it's the blueprint. Those, those two obviously took advantage of, of that situation. They didn't go, Oh, woe is me. I'm still an analyst. Yada, yada, yada. No, no, they knew their chance was coming. And now I, I think Kirby's got a well-established system, which I think is great. Like, let's say Mike Bobo mm-hmm. moves on. Let's say he retires or whatever the case may be. Mike Bobo is not there in next year or the year after, which is very possible. You're he's starting. Kirby's starting to bring in analysts like, Rod Streeter, who is a former OC, yeah. So he's kind of he's kind of doing the one guy leaves and 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 you backfill it and you just backfill it. So Streeter moves up Mm -hmm. and the next then he goes and gets the next analyst. You know, he goes and finds some coordinator at the G five level and says, "Hey, come on, be be an analyst for a year or two and this job will be yours." You know, here's the pattern or you'll get a similar P5 job somewhere else like like Buster did. So it's 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 going to be a system that I, I think is going to prove to be successful. Um, I, I think you, you've, you've seen that on the defensive side now with Schumann and and, and Muschamp mm-hmm. providing that veteran that veteran leadership. So mm-hmm. I you know you I, think I think about it's, this I think it's the way to go. Muschamp was with who? Saban. Yep. And then who's with Saban too? Kirby. So who knows that defense back of their hand? Those two do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so whose defense is it? Saban's. It really, it's Saban. It's, they, they put Kirby's put his own, own flair to it. Kirk, Kirk, absolutely. So you, you got the Kirby version. You take the absolutely. You take the blueprint. This is this is what it is, and you just 
tweak it however you need to to make it work for your defense. Yeah. Same thing with offense. It's not rocket science. It's what you do. It's how you succeed. It's Mm -hmm. not it's not plug and play with, you know, go get go find the biggest name. I think fans want to see the biggest names come in, but that doesn't always work. You know, I I think a lot of people were leery of Mike Bobo. I, I think I think for once I was like God, like people are people are saying, oh, James Coley this, James Coley that. No, James Coley was never an offense coordinator. Wasn't the right no. system. The Jim Cheney system was not right for us. So no. that it in that sense, it was it was going to be a failed attempt. Uh, James Coley was mm-hmm. is good at one thing: recruiting. Mm-hmm. Really good at recruiting. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, and I was sitting in the stands watching us play South Carolina and we lined up in the same formation the whole entire game. That's when I knew we lost to South Carolina at home and we pretty much saved Muschamp's job for one more year yeah. that year. And I was like, we just got our ass beat by South Carolina at home. Because we could, no, I mean, yeah, no wonder we couldn't. Do anything. We stay in the same format. Like I'm sitting there going, "What are we doing? Like, why? What? What? What is this? We yeah. we throw this like we throw the same choice route to the sideline or comeback or whatever that was try whatever that was supposed to be. It gets picked off three times. Like, yeah, we tried we, to make I, Jake Fromm just limit with his arm, and I'm like, this is a terrible, this is a terrible idea. Yeah, like come on, now. like there's no. Like watching Jim Cheney, it was obvious that it was, you know, it was it was obvious that hey, Kirby just needed somebody to get him off the ground, which Jim Cheney has been known to. He's really good at the beginning, laying the foundation, but then you get too many years of Jim Cheney and your offense just starts to plateau and then go downhill. James Coley was an absolute disaster. Uh, and then Todd Munkin came in and, and saved the thing. Because Todd Munkin, I really like the, the thing the thing that made Todd Munkin really good. And the thing and the personality trait that him and Bobo really share is they're both extremely aggressive. Yes. Extremely yeah, aggressive. Bobo more words than Munkin. I've never I hadn't heard Todd Munkin, but I do know what happens when Coach Bobo gets upset. And I don't know what yeah. part of aggressive you mean as a play caller and as a person in general. So, you know, it's it's you know, you just you just love to see it. You love to see what we saw at G-Day because it just shows you that everybody who was talking all that trash before all this happened can go sit down and do their regular day job and leave the yeah. coaching like us. Yeah. I mean, come on. Like if you can't, if you watch G-Day and you're, and you're still kind of doubt, and you're still doubting Kirby as a coach, you, well, you might as well just find another team. Or you're a fan of another team and you're just a hater. In which we haven't won a national championship since 1980. If you're still about Kirby Smart. I don't, I got some beachfront property in Nebraska. I can sell you here. (laughs) If we weren't in council culture, I'd tell you what you need to be. So you can shove it somewhere. Um, That's it. Well, let's talk defense because I, I've got a lot of thoughts on the defense. Now, uh, I, I, I think Green, other corner, hands yeah. down. I think you're yeah. a good I, job. Nolan yeah. Green's definitely the other corner. I think we're in good hands at that position. Not, not shocking. 
Yeah. Shout out to I'll, my man, Alan Green, baby. I'm about to win the lottery. Yeah. I think if you're going to see when you watch the Green Since day one, this guy has been an yeah. Alan Green fan since day one. Been waiting on this day. Now, well, since you have all this good luck, you got to start wearing some orange and black uh, for the next few weeks. Oh, that too. That Why? Too. And if you know, you know what you I'm know. talking about. If you know, you know. You know what I'm talking about. I need need you in some Halloween colors there for a couple weeks. <laughs> do that. Do that for the brand. Here we go. Um, not because that's any sort of a college brand, but if you know, you know. So, um, I'm really impressed with the linebackers. Inside yes. and outside, Raylan Wilson and CJ Allen. Oh my! Uh, Smell Munden, obviously, yeah. is going to be you know is going to be great. I was really impressed with the freshman guys. I, I was kind of curious to see what how kind what they would do, but those guys, you know, they, of course they're going to make freshman mistakes. That's no surprise there. Mm-hmm. But my God, are they athletic, dude? They they erased a lot. Of potentially big plays for for the offense, just with their athleticism. Absolutely, they may have you know, been wrong really, in their reads and techniques. Yeah, and which one? They which really one were you most impressed with? I'm a Smith Monday guy, man. I I know I know he is the guy, you know. But just watching him, you know, just makes them that much better because I think mm-hmm. they want to emulate him. You know, yeah. it's hard to come in as a freshman, you know, or, you know, a retro freshman and start and, and produce uh, the way that a freshman came in last year and did. So um, watching him lead that group, because uh, like I said, I watched my practice lead that group. Um, I'm, I'm very, very impressed with that young man. Um, now, ask me in the fall which one my favorite is, and then I'll tell you. But right now, that guy it's just – you know, just because, you know, to be a sophomore, coming into your sophomore year, mm-hmm. um, and to do what you do and do it well, 100 miles an hour, that yeah. is impressive. Not many people can do that. Last freshman I've seen do that in person was Randy Kern at the linebacker position. Yeah. I mean, it, it's to the point where two guys enter the transfer portal, Tresmond Marshall and Ryan Davis, both entered the portal. Yes. Uh, Marshall going to Alabama. And, you know, with our defense right now, the way it sits, you know, I was at practice, you know, like I said, a couple Mm -hmm. weeks ago and and watching Bear run, watching Bear move, there was no doubt in my mind that he was going to be a staple on this defensive line. But Mike Gundy Gundy said something today that really made sense. It was either you want to be here or you don't. And if you get to beat out, then leave. You know, that's that's really – how the transfer board and everything works, you know? So I'm not saying that happened at Georgia, but, you know, I'm never going to be down on a kid that wants to go and, and further themselves, you know, look for a better opportunity. That's not what I'm saying. But if you feel like you got beat out or you feel like this just ain't for you, then you have the right to get in the portal. You know, I'm not going to be upset. I'm going to be mad that, you know, now bear, I don't really understand bear. I, I don't, that one kind of, throws me off, but don't be surprised if you see him go to Colorado because who's the D-line coach of Colorado? Nick Williams. Nick Williams. And where was Bear predicted to go before he switched to Georgia? Texas, Texas A&M. A&M. Or who's the recruiting coordinator for them? Nick Williams. Put a stamp on it. 
Yeah. Not shocking there. Wish him well. It's a head scratcher for sure. I, I, I didn't understand. I saw him. I was like, what the hell is he doing? He is definitely one. The other two. I mean, yeah, the other two just they saw, they're, they saw the writing on the yeah. wall. They're not as athletic or as good as as the the young guys in front of them. You know, I good for yeah. them. I mean, Tresmond Marshall going to Bama. Uh, hope you know, hope he does well in every game except for one against Georgia. But um, yes, again, I, I wish all these guys well. I mean, the transfer portal it is what it is. You got to find the opportunity. At at the end of the day, you got to do what's right for you. So, I'll, like I said, I'll mm-hmm. never hold it against somebody for leaving. But in a situation yeah. like Bear Alexander, you have to wonder what else is there? Like why? where is there something underlying that we don't know about? Like why, you know, what was this kind of like a encouraged thing? Was he causing trouble? Was he, you know, you, you have to think about all that. Was the chemistry off? Like, cause he was going to be a superstar here for yes. a program. That's put two elite first round Lineman in into the NFL at his position, Probably and about three. to put a th- and about to put a third. You know, two already with Wyatt and, and Jordan Davis, about to put a third. And if you count if you count Trevon Walker, Trevon Walker too. So that would make yes. four. Um, I don't know where you would classify him if you would classify him in the same position as Bear Alexander or the same. I guess you could. Same group. I, I don't know where that. I don't know where he falls in that comparison. Doesn't really matter. But it's just, just odd. I don't get it. Yeah, I really don't get it. I was a little bit thrown off by. It. I was at the golf course when they came across my thing, and I was like, "The hell's going on here?" You know. So, you know, I thought it was a joke at first, and then I kept reading, reading. I was like, "Oh shit, this is this is real." Because, um, like I said, I just saw him like two, three weeks ago, you know, and he yeah. was knocking the hell out of people. So, you know, this is a head scratch, but I wish all the get beat out because I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a get it how you live world. Mm-hmm. You know, you got people who entered the press report last year that are reentering it now, which I think you yeah. should get one free. Then your second one's got, it's got to cost you. You got to see it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just you yeah. can't just be transferred. all willy. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna throw throw things off. But then again, another school has to pick you up too. So maybe maybe the price is you don't get picked up. That's or or you you, you leave a situation, think you're going to upgrade, and next thing you know, you're playing for D two Shadron State because you thought you were going to go to Ohio <laughs> State. You know, like it's one of those things where just natural consequences. So. I just, I you know, the whole transfer portal thing, good, bad, ugly. I, I think there's all sorts of elements to it uh, that you could argue good for or neutral. You know, there's some, it's like, oh, whatever. Uh, there's some things where it's like, there's some things in the case of like Bear Alexander where you're like, I don't know if he's really going to upgrade, but we'll see. I, I think the two places he could end up realistically, Texas, and that would be based on NIL, right? Mm-hmm. So if, if it's Texas, you know it's an NIL thing. If it's Colorado, you know it's a Nick Williams thing. Mm-hmm. You know, relationships relationships Yeah, which which I wouldn't blame him one bit. You know, you go play for Coach Prime, and you go play for Nick Williams, and you know, 
I, I think that'd be a good move. If he goes to USC, he must not want to play defensive line in the NFL. <laughs> they don't play defense all the way. They don't. They don't. I think the word Charmin comes to mind when you think of that. So, but, but you know uh, who didn't transfer? Who? Jackson Meeks, that grown man of a receiver, did not Jesus. transfer. I told well, y'all. I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't think he made. needs to. That dude's going to be in the rotation. Him and Dylan Bell are going to be reserve playmakers. Like those guys are going to get some serious minutes. And they're going to make some serious plays down the stretch because we know Marcus Rosemey Jack Saint is going to miss two games at least yeah. with a hamstring injury. McConkey can't do it all by himself. He's not going to go down, but he can't do it all by himself. He will be, but he'll miss two games with hamstrings. Because anybody that runs that fast, their hamstrings just can't keep up. He's going to have a hamstring issue at some point. It's just inevitable. I love, I love the kid to death. I love, love the kid to death. But he's going to have a hamstring issue. It's just how fast people are. I never had hamstring issues, but I was never I was never fast. I just ran into people <laughs> a lot. Um, so I don't know what that's like. What the what? I wish I had hamstring problems because that would mean I was fast. But I mean that's yeah, just what happens. Enough. But Dylan Bell proved he's going to be great. Dominic, Dominic, love it. I, I, I'm loving it. No pun intended, mm-hmm. or maybe full pun intended. Uh, Ra Ra Thomas, I think with time he's going to be incredible. Uh, he's just got to mm-hmm. get comfortable and learn the offense. But I, 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 with due time, he'll 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 be fine. Dylan Bell made some, and then Jackson Meeks. Like you throw the ball to Jackson Meeks, you nobody going to tackle him. You throw a hitch to him, fourth yeah. quarter man. Those corners ain't going to tackle him. No, There's going to be Mr. some Muse business decisions. Came. And then Makai Muse. Return game for him. Mm-hmm. Which I saw him, you know, at spring practice as well. You know, all these guys are they're learning. You know, um, you, know you got your veterans at McConkie and Rosemary Jackson and Arrogant Smith, but you know, these younger guys who are coming in and finally making an impact, um, you know, at the receiver position. I mean, we're, we're loaded on offense. You know, it, yeah. you know Brock's going to be Brock. I mean, you know, Lucky, um, Dell, you know, you got those guys over there as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, at running back oh, position, yeah. that Brock um, guy, back. Um, yeah, you'll, you'll have some help. Dejan for getting Buddy straight on Twitter the other day. Um, we got we got to get Daddy Milton on here. Uh, that's who we got to get on here. I, I yeah, feel like he, he'd be great. Dude, the invite's like always open. Chris. The invite's always open to so, any dog that wants um, to come on. Both Robinsons, you know, look look yeah. really good. Branson um, and, and Roderick. So, Roderick's going to be good, so, Lord, dude. He's going to be a hell of a closer, man. Ain't nobody want to tackle his. That zero looks extra big on him. Like, it is a big O on the front and back of his jersey because he's a large man. Yeah, um, I, I think we should start a tradition that, uh, that that the strongest man on the team gets number zero. Yes. I or think that's biggest. Fair. Or just like the biggest skill guy. Like somebody that's scared Branson. looking. No, but, it's, uh, not. <laughs> it's not. It's <laughs> not. It's, Rod- it's Roderick Robinson. It's the other Robinson. They're Robinson boys, but you know we, we've done a good job. And then on back end on defense, I mean that's the that's the most we had. I think maybe two blunders that I saw, but 
I mean, they're in the right spots. I mean, they're communicating. Um, yeah. You know, Bullard, Bullard, you know, had a heck of a spring. I, I think mm-hmm. he had a really good spring. He looked really good in the spring game. Um, Tyke Smith's moving well. Uh, Tyke Smith, Tyke Smith made a really good play on that interception. Uh, Brock, Brock he got uh, Green on one side. And, um, last on the other side. So I mean, shoot. I mean, we said. I mean, it is. You know, I saw one. I saw a thing on Twitter. It was like, "Damn, is this Georgia? Is Georgia ever going to let anybody else win?" <laughs> no. Nope. Like, you know, watch the spring game. No. Dang. You see him running around and you're like, oof. Like it. Three P. As we go into overtime, did you did you see? I, I just watched the highlights, or because it was really really quick, because there wasn't many. Did you see the Florida spring game? They had ten a to game? seven. They had a spring game. Ten to seven. Game winning field goal. I did for see the where, blue team. I did see seven. where uh, Lane Kiffin thought it was fire. I don't yeah. know if he meant dumpster or what, but yeah, I mean, yeah he, he, he Lane said Lane Kiffin is a SEC football man. He, he is great. great. He's the new Spurrier. He's just going to say what's. Hey, he's know, just going to say it. Hey, you know, people don't take it personal because it's Lane Kiffin. I mean, he he's yeah. very sarcastic. He's very quick witted. But when he mm-hmm. put the fire emoji with him watching the Florida game, it was absolutely. It just put an icing on the cake. That 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 killed me, man. That that I love that man, and I I didn't appreciate Spurrier as much as I should have in his heyday. Uh but he 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 was that he's same way. Uh, he's every year. Yeah, I I hate him because he was just too good. But uh, you know, I, I thought he was a freaking genius. He he wasn't a, like people like to label him a scumbag, which I think is very unfair. He's definitely not wow. that because he t- he he beats your ass and talks talks that stuff. It talks tells trash. you that he did it. You know what? You know what I say to that? Don't get beat. If you don't get me, yeah. can't say nothing. Exactly. That that's good old fashioned. That's good old fashioned trash talk, man. It still yeah, sucks when you talk. It, it still sucks when you're getting fifty five burgered and then you know you're hearing it from him. But you know, don't let it happen. Don't, don't let, let it happen. happen. That's my thoughts. But it was good. You know, I grew up a Florida State fan um, growing up because my dad played there. Um, I, I hadn't quite flipped over to the Georgia side yet, but I I, I, I always loved watching those classic Florida Florida State games. Man, you know I wanted to go to Florida State. I was I wasn't a Georgia fan. I wanted to go to Florida State. I was a huge Peter Ward fan. Peter Ward, Peter Ward yes. was my favorite receiver. Yes, and yes. I wanted to go to Florida State because I wanted to wear number nine. And I wanted to be like Peter Ward. Yeah. But that's they a, also that's a had great a lot choice. of receivers in my recruiting. In my recruiting so, yeah. Well, you they made, just got a class in. I was like Rashad Green in that class had just come right, in. Yeah. You know, after me, so Kelvin Benjamin, need, those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey, you made a good choice. At least you didn't. At least you didn't follow did. Ben to Florida. At least you didn't go there. I was this close. Uh, yeah. Really close. Sure, you were. You played for you. You'd have got to tell tales of Urban Meyer and the scumbaggery, dude. You would have been a part, dude. You would have been a part of the uh, the Aaron Hernandez teams, the Tebow teams. I would have. 
Ooh. If you think if you think about Georgia stories, life. if you think the Georgia stories, you know, that we tell every once in a while, the PG rated ones are good. You can only imagine yeah. about those stories. Dude. Like coming out of Gainesville. That had that there's I mean, there is a documentary about that team, but that documentary does not dive. That documentary does not dive as deep as it should. Man, oh could you God. imagine? Did you hear about any of that at all while they were in no. school? Uh-uh. I heard about the Percy Harvin thing, like shooting a gun in there. Like I heard you heard bits and pieces, but no, you never like I never knew Aaron Hernandez was murdered five people. Just yeah, think it's real. No clue. You'd be a felon right if now, you possibly. Yeah, if you trip and fall in Athens right now, you're going to be on the front page of Red and Black. Mm-hmm. With your mug shot. But just, just think about it, Israel. Not going to Florida saved your life. Not playing for Urban Meyer saved yeah. your life. Because you could you you could have very easily met Aaron Hernandez and joined him in his killing spree. No, I don't know that you would have. Jail's, jail's a scary place. <laughs> I like being outside. I don't like being told what to do. I, I, I hear you, and, but but I'm glad you chose Georgia and didn't even didn't even didn't even do the f around and find out deal down there. Yeah, I that stayed away bad. from that grass. That yeah, you you made a really good choice there. It's one thing. <laughs> it's one thing to get arrested for emerging from an alley. It's a whole other thing to get arrested for killing somebody, killing multiple people. Murder. Murder. Yeah. It's not good. Not Murder one. Good. Murder one. But all right. Well, we're uh, we're we're deep into overtime here. Uh, the NFL is going to tell us that we're going to have to end this thing in a tie very soon. So we're go- we're going to let you go there. But um, as we as we go into the as we go into the post spring pre-fall camp mode. We're going to start kind of looking at some of our opponents. We're going to try to have some more guests on for you as well. We're going to work on that, uh, you know, tell some stories. We're going to get Christian LeMay here uh, hopefully soon back for round two. We still got way more questions to ask him. Uh, So we got a lot of fun happening on this show. In the meantime, go order yourself a vintage art watch. You can have an art piece on your wrist. 1920s art, 1920s bulldog on your wrist. At a discounted rate, Dogs20 is your promo code. Real1brand.com. Do it. But Israel, we're going to get out of here. I, I know I know you got the 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 post the post spring practice day two uh exhaustion. Oh yeah. I know the feeling. Oh yeah, we got some good talent coming. We got some good talent, but yeah, boss man is tired. You're gonna wake up like a box of rice krispies, snap, crackle, pop. You can use that one later. <laughs> That's a bad joke. Um so For Israel Troop, I'm Corey Burton. This is the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Network presented by BetOnline.ag and the Row One brand. We'll see you back here. We'll see you back here next time. But until then, as always, you know the drill. Go dogs. Go dogs. Do you believe? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.